and we're live. Hi everybody, I'm here with Jill Rowley and we've become friends over the last couple of years just moving in the same kind of social circles and Jill is the person that you think about when you think about social selling. And why don't you give us kind of a little background on who you are, Jill, and, and what that means for people who have had their heads in the sand for a long time. Sure. Thanks, Janet. Um, and I'm at Jill underscore Rowley on Twitter. My lower third on the Google Plus Hangout isn't actually working right now. But um, who I am, whoa. So I've had a 20-year career. I spent six years in consulting, 13 years or 52 quarters on quota. Uh, I was a sales rep at salesforce.com in the really early days, and then I was a rep at Eloqua for a decade, and always in an individual contributor role, carrying a bag uh, as, a, as an individual sales rep, and did um, very well in sales. Um, I think a lot of that was related to uh, the fact that I was about helping the customer and helping the customer solve their problems. My consulting background gave me a lot of really good experience to, to act in that capacity. Um, and then Eloqua was acquired by Oracle. I spent about a year designing, deploying, and driving adoption of a global social selling program at Oracle. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't really get as deep or as wide as I uh, you know, would have been able to had I stayed longer, but uh, the culture there was not really ready for um, for what I was trying to do. And for the past year, I have been traveling the world, delivering oh, keynote speeches on uh, the why, what, and how to do social selling. And I continue mm -hmm. to do that today. And you must get a pretty interesting reception, you know, from your audience. What do you think the proportions are when you when you hear the feedback from the audience? How many of them really knew what social selling was before they heard of you? Uh, yeah, and and what I make sure I do is I define it. Hmm. So I always so start let's with, do that. Yeah. So <laughs> I I usually start with why. Like, why would you even care to learn about what it is and how to do it? And the why is the data shows that buyers have gone social. The modern buyer is digitally driven, socially connected, mobile, empowered. The modern buyer has access to Google just like everyone else in the world, essentially, except in China, um, which I was in China in January. Um, so, so we have more information available to us as buyers. Not only do we have more information available to us, but we have access to more people. And because there are databases like LinkedIn, like Twitter, that we can search for people like us, um, we have higher access to people who we are more likely to trust than a company, a brand, a logo, a sales rep. And so the right. why is the data shows the buyer's gone social, we have to be where our buyers are. Okay. So then, okay, what is this thing called social selling? Um, I've defined it as using social networks, not social media, but social network, so social networks. Um, and I talk about using social networks to do research so that you can be relevant 
so that you can build relationships that drive revenue. Mm -hmm. And I talk about, when I talk about social selling, I talk about it in the language of sales. And the language of sales is pipeline revenue. The language of marketing, media, social media, is more about reach and followers and fans and favorites and friends. Right. And that's not what it's about in sales. In sales, it's about relationships that drive revenue, that increase customer lifetime value, that lead to advocacy, where your customers are your biggest advocates. Mm -hmm. So there, there still is some brand recognition involved there too, because you want them to be advocating or evangelizing for your brand and your products so that you can reach a larger market, but that isn't the main concern. Am I getting that right? Yeah, The so I've got five pillars, practices, principles, and it mm -hmm. starts with how you look on the web. It starts with a sales rep showing up in social networks, not looking like a quota crusher. An expert negotiator. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. It really is about the rep demonstrating subject matter expertise that will benefit the buyer. And, it, and it's less about brand and product and it's more about business outcomes. So mm -hmm. what does this sales rep help the buyer do, um, accomplish, achieve. And so reps need to show up differently than they have traditionally in the past. So what kind of metrics might the salesperson be using in order to really know if they're being successful at social selling? And obviously sales is one of them, but they're Do you hear me? <laughs> yep, there we go. I oh, hear you again. Sorry. So what kind of metrics would a salesperson be using? And, and obviously sales is one of those metrics, but it's only one of them. So what else can we, can we be looking at to see if you're successful at social selling? At the end of the day, the rubber meets the road with revenue. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what... That, that is the true measure of whether social selling has an impact on your performance as a sales rep. I mean, that, mm -hmm. we're, until we stop measuring salespeople on revenue, which that's probably not going to happen, although I do think I'd like to see reps being compensated not just for closing the deal, but for customer advocacy. I want, you know, mm -hmm. that, if, that, if that customer ultimately turns into a reference to an advocate who influences uh, other buyers to buy, uh, the rep, there should, there should be a, you know, a, a, a portion of compensation tied to the customer being happy. Um, 
it, this is this is futuristic. I know sales leaders all over the world aren't ready for this. Sales reps all over the world aren't ready for this. But when customers are buying more today based on the experience mm-hmm. and the the value generated, we have to move in that direction. So to, to from from a you know directionally, what are some metrics to measure to see? if the rep is showing um, behaviors and uh, activities yeah. that contribute to social selling, I would say, um, you know, there are, they, they are kind of the vanity metrics, right? They are the uh, size of the network. So mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, it's the number of connections you have. But it isn't just the quantity of connections, it's the quality of the network. And, to measure these things, you're going to have to buy tools. Uh, <laughs> a know. hammer, a wrench, or, you know. And, and I'm not here to pitch any tools, Janet. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's not what I want to do. But right. you know, to really be able to measure quality of your network and the distribution of your network that is, you know, C-level or people in the finance department or a certain geographic region or um, the network of, of people in companies that fit your company's ideal customer profile, right? So, so you can't do that manually. That's going to require investment in tools. But those are right. metrics that I think are an indicator of this salesperson's ability to do social selling. I would even say the number of recommendations they have on their LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Right? If so they what have about- zero. Go ahead. What about tracking them though as they move through kind of the traditional funnel, right? If you look at their first entry into social media conversations, maybe they're just filling the top of that funnel, but as it goes down, you know, how can they track those and what are they looking for besides cuz I I I will never agree that sheer volume of numbers is going to be a metric to judge anything. No. They have to be engaged. They have to be um, useful to you, or they really are just that top of the funnel, and you're kind of praying that something good's going to happen someday. Yeah. So, so let's just. I'm going to. I like to be very specific about mm-hmm. what a social seller does. So today, I had a call at noon Pacific, and the meeting invite included the names of the people who would be in the meeting. So, as a good social seller, I Googled them all. <laughs> Googled every single person who was going to be in the mm-hmm. meeting. And one of the women has four sons and is a green belt in Taekwondo. One of the women has a recommendation on her LinkedIn profile talking about how she is so organized, so focused. Her ability to get shit done is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then another woman had um, some personal interest. She's into photography. And so, you know, that's social selling. That's doing mm-hmm. that research. Um, now I could take it a step further. So uh, we're negotiating the contract. And how about I send an article to Janet about moms who do Taekwondo? Mm-hmm. relevant to build a relationship that drives revenue. 
Um, right. We've never had more access to personal information about people. And we can leverage that again to build better relationships with potential buyers. Right. And those are the same kind of tools that, you know, really good salespeople through the ages have always known. You know, when I was a restaurant chef, they knew what little snacks to bring me. They knew what I wanted for Christmas. You know, this, the salespeople would come in and they had a dossier on every single person that they do business with. And now social allows us to, to go a lot deeper with that. So, and, and, you know, I think that's something that the real salespeople, the ones who have really, really get how to sell and build relationships, see that in social. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a small number of how do we their managers that that's a useful practice yeah. for them? Well, the, the topic that, you know, social selling is one small sliver of the overall sales enablement, sales effectiveness, sales performance, sales productivity mm -hmm. puzzle. So I am not the evangelist who's saying, social selling is the only thing you need to invest in. <laughs> and if you invest in social selling, your numbers will be made. That's not who <laughs> I am. That's not what I'm trying to tell anybody. So, you know, when I have a conversation about social selling, a lot of times I'm only talking about social selling, but this is in a much broader conversation. There's tons of bad sales reps all over the world. Mm. There are tons of underperforming sales reps all over the world. And with more information and more technology and more tools and more process and more methodology and more metrics, we're not getting better. Like mm. the, the overall numbers aren't getting significantly better when we have more awareness, more technology, more tools, it's not getting better. And so- Is that a training issue? It, or is it, it a, is it an intrinsic knowledge? I mean, are you a natural salesperson or not? I think, I think attitude, behavior, technique. And I'll quote Sandler. And uh, I just actually had a quick call with their CEO because Sandler training is one um, option to train your sales team. And um, salespeople, it, it, buying has changed more in the past 10 years than it has in the past 100. Hmm. So the way that people buy has changed dramatically. And because we're better informed or? Yeah, we, mm. we can self-educate. Yeah. So we don't actually have to engage with sales until much later in our buying process. We don't want to. I don't oh, answer. We go direct, way. right? We go to Depending the on the purchase, yeah. Right. Yeah, e even in B2B, right? So we either go to the internet or we go to our network. So I spoke with a woman yesterday. She bought Eloqua from me at two different companies. 
And she's at a company that they're starting to invest in customer marketing. Mm -hmm. So they spend all of their time and energy on customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. That sales team, it's hunters. They go out and they hunt new logos and they take down new deals. I know. The language in sales is so bad. I'm always so amused by it. Yeah. It's so gross. Like prospecting. <laughs> I'm going to go prospect. Ugh. I'm going to go hunt and I'm going to farm my accounts. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but so she reached out and she's learned they're trying to invest in customer marketing. And my first comment to her was, customer marketing is old school. Customer engagement is new school. So can you define the difference between those two? At someone <laughs> with someone. Push versus pull. Yep. In it for mm -hmm. me. Got to get more from you. I got to upsell. I got to cross sell <laughs> to... How are we going to do this together? We're going to make mm -hmm. each other better. We have a community of people like you who are doing interesting things, and I'm going to connect you to that community and that ecosystem and that knowledge base, and I'm going to impart best practices. And because of all of the giving that I'm doing for you and making you better, you're going to want to help make us better by referring us business, by sharing news and information and events and advocacy and and it's we're 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 community not mm -hmm. not marketing yeah yeah so with that in mind then you know when we talk to salespeople about doing social business or we talk to them about using social networks to prospect um you know or any of the things that they're used to doing the first thing you get is, I don't have time for that. It's too much work. It's too hard. It's going to take all my time. I don't know how to start. So how can we take that kind of um, mentality? And I mean, sure, you can show them results, but they still aren't going to get it. And they're going to try really, really hard for about a week. And then they're going to go, okay, that doesn't work. And they're going to walk away. Yeah. How, do we, how do we help them to engage better and see results quickly enough that they actually stick with it yeah and that's a great question and what i see most often is a lot of random acts of social social selling happening within organizations <laughs> yeah. um you know we're there's a maturity curve we're in the very beginning stages of understanding we need to do social selling what the heck it is and how the heck mm -hmm. to do it um, and we're, we're, there aren't many companies that are, um, putting the necessary and appropriate uh, attention to up-leveling the skills of their sales organization, mm -hmm. um, done, done right, uh, which requires an investment in people and in dollars. Um, you would have a formal, you know, project owner, you would, mm -hmm. and that project owner would realize I need to have cross-functional input and collaboration from marketing because marketing supplies the content. 
marketing sure. is best um, positioned to identify who are the influential smarty pants people um, that influence your customers, your buyers, your prospects. Um, so, you know, you need marketing, you need sales leadership because you need the leadership mm -hmm. saying, we're not going to smile and dial. We're going to reach and teach. Oh, right. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, I plagiarized it from somewhere. I'm not sure where, but, um, uh, all the best things I say, someone else said it, and I'm just the one delivering the message. None of us are original anymore, right? <laughs> what, I mean, how do you even know if you're original? How, how do you know? How mm. do you know? Um, so anyways, <laughs> I told you this would be lively, Janet. It's Friday Good. afternoon. It is. Yay for Friday. Um, <laughs> so I think it, it has to be a real program. And mm -hmm. it, and then from a training perspective, it isn't a two hour workshop. It isn't a one hour lunch and learn. Mm -hmm. It isn't a, even a monthly webinar series. Um, it, it, it just isn't. And so if you want to drive behavioral change and you want to create new routine, um, you know, the company that I refer a ton of business to, because I don't do training. I'm, I'm not a trainer, I don't do training. Um, I'm an edutainer. And so if you want real training with real learning objectives and real like best in class learning and development methodology and um, that's sales for life. And mm -hmm. I brought them in to Oracle because I knew I had a short window of time to get done what I was trying to get done. So I brought them in, we built out the curriculum, we built out the learning path, um, and, and, and we only got so far in the short amount of time. We launched the first season of Modern Selling the Social Way in the Oracle Sales Academy um, with the e-learning uh, episodes, uh, episode number one, Building Buyer-Centric LinkedIn Profiles. Um, so we, we, we only got the first season of content and curriculum launched to the sales organization. But the best in class would be that you've got a different learning path for um, sales development reps or business development reps who are doing cold calling and responding to inbound to mm -hmm. um, field reps who might only have five named accounts to, you know, you've got to have curriculum for marketing teams to understand how to support social selling. And you have to have curriculum for sales leadership to understand mm -hmm. how to drive behavioral change, how to measure adoption, how to coach. Um, so if, if you want to take social selling seriously, it's not just listening to me talk about it or <laughs> having or setting up a bunch of tools to listen to social. It, 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 there's so much more to it. Uh, mm. There's a lot to it. It's not a one-off. So are you seeing a big shift in the way that uh, these training organizations are teaching people about selling yet? Or are we still way ahead of the curve? I think a lot of the training organizations have had their aha or oh shit moment. Mm -hmm. And they are looking at 
the new landscape, understanding the modern buyer and trying to figure out how do they um, change the way they teach, right? The, the stand and deliver eight hour workshop mm-hmm. to, um, so one, just how do they teach? And, and a lot of times in your, in your class, you might have three different generations. So you yeah. might have some baby boomers, you might have some uh, Gen X, and you might have some millennials. Mm-hmm. Those are three different types of learners. With Very different, different mindsets. Different attention spans, mm-hmm. um, different business acumen. Right. Yeah. So, right. One of the things that the questions I get a lot is, oh, because of the social selling and you have to be social savvy, you know, are millennials best positioned to <laughs> be the best social sellers? <laughs> that is my worst nightmare when I go into a client and they say, yeah, we're going to start using all these social tools and we've got this guy over here and he's 19 and he's never been in business. He's never done sales. He knows nothing about marketing, but we're giving him charge of our entire brand and he can do it just fine. We don't need you. Wow. (laughs) And and what I say, I say, Janet, just exactly your, your thoughts, right? Yes. They know the tools. Yes, mm-hmm. they know that a tweet is 140 characters or less. Yes, they're very comfortable retweeting. And I mean, yes, they can use Enjoy. the tools. <laughs> yeah. But they lack the business experience, mm-hmm. business acumen. They lack subject matter expertise. Um, and, and so I actually, I don't say that they're, going to be the best social salespeople um, because of, of what the modern sales professional requires. And so from a training, I think a lot of the training companies too are realizing that they have a gap in their curriculum mm-hmm. and that they need to um, supplement their curriculum and weave social into the training that they deliver uh, when someone teaches account planning. Okay, so there should be, I go to LinkedIn and I uh, search the company on LinkedIn. I see if that company Mm -hmm. has any job openings. Um, I see how many employees that company has. I, um, you know, when I find the names of the people who fit the profile of the buyer within the company, um, I put them into my CRM system. I try to connect with them on LinkedIn. I see if they're on Twitter. I follow them on Twitter. I mm-hmm. look at what they're tweeting about. I, you know, so, so embedding social into existing um, methodologies, processes, planning. Um, but I think it's so new enough that, that it does warrant at this point, most of those training companies haven't done that. Mm -hmm. So you probably are going to have to go to a social selling training company. 
that focuses majority on social selling has absolutely some aspects of just good old fashioned sales, Mm -hmm. um, but is, is coming at it more from that modern social selling, but also, uh, those companies are new. So done right. They've, they've built a, a training system built on modern learning and development strategies and tactics. Right. So when you have that kind of multi-generational thing going on, you know, do you split them up then and say, okay, you know, we've got these people who have years of experience and tons of knowledge and tons of expertise in the area that we're selling in, but they don't understand social. And do you try to put them together or is that too much of a, um, is it too difficult to get them to work with millennials together to understand how to make things move forward? Or you split them up into two groups and say, okay, we're going to teach the millennials all of this wonderful stuff about how to sell and, you know, market expertise, or do you put them all in the same room and hope for the best? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What, you know, what I, what I witnessed at Oracle was this, a lot of the, more tenured, senior, successful sales professionals really gravitating to the millennials and, mm-hmm. and, and looking to the millennials to get help um, on how to, how to do and be more social. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then the millennials at the same time really getting to learn from the experience of the more tenured folks. So if it's, if it, it, I, I think it's ideal if you can have them together, working Mm -hmm. together, learning from each other. I think that's actually an ideal learning environment and fun. Yeah. Yeah. It really is ideal if they can learn from each other and, and both realize that the other has benefits, you know, and, and think of it as, growing that particular community there's such a wealth of knowledge really on both sides as far as how things work so you know when so when you put together a program for a particular company for example Mm -hmm. is that something that should be run by an outside company or would it be something that a consultant could come in and help the internal sales team make that happen i think there, the, the, the real challenge right now is there aren't many people who have done this, mm-hmm. who even know how to do this. So if you're relying exclusively on your internal team, um, what I would recommend is providing them um, time to do research you know i Mm. i i spent i and i read every day i you know people ask me what i do during the day and a lot of there's a number of my hours in the day that i'm literally reading blog posts listening to podcasts um watching google plus hangouts um i mean i i literally and i i i learn from the other experts in the industry um 
So you're, you know, if you're, if you're not, if you don't have the budget to go outside and hire um, a consultant to help you, then I would give the your 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 people internally the time to mm-hmm. you know really learn this. Um, you you want an internal evangelist. You yeah. you want someone internally who's going to carry that flag and be the face of this movement, this initiative, this program. It's important that you have an internal uh, champion who is well-respected in the organization. And ideally, that person grew up in sales, Mm -hmm. not in marketing. Yeah. The challenge is, you know, Marketing is the function that usually owns social. And so a lot of these social selling programs are being built and run and owned by marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think it needs to be co-owned. I think you have to have sales at the table because if you don't, too, the language is social media, not social networks. the language isn't focused enough on prospecting, pipeline building, <laughs> deals. Here we go again. Right. <laughs> but that's the language of sales. So until we have it a new is. language in sales, we gotta we gotta speak the language. Well, and there's always that fighting between marketing and sales. And frankly, marketing, sales, and engineering, you know, it's kind of like one of them promises everybody everything, you know, and they they make all of these beautiful promises, and then they tell sales to go out and sell it, but they haven't told the engineers yet that they have to build it. So, you know, there's always that kind kind of stuff going on, but they really do need to be able to collaborate. And I wish that marketing would listen more to sales because they know what's going on in the field. You know, they know what the customer is saying and how they're coming back. Although social marketers are getting better at that. They're getting better at listening because that's part of their their mission with social is to get out there and, and listen and pay attention. But there's still such infighting. It's amazing to me. It you know, One of the things I, I make sure people understand is that social selling isn't um, – a replacement for a great product. And <laughs> if your product is shitty, if your product sucks, mm-hmm. you know, and your marketing is is clever and awesome, but your marketing is shitty product mm-hmm. and your salespeople are great at building relationships and doing the research and understanding how the buyer buys, but your product is shitty, like mm-hmm. You have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) No more shitty products. (laughs) Step number one. (laughs) I mean, it really does. It it that is the fundament. And and now shitty products are revealed more quickly. Yes. And much more loudly. Exactly. Quickly. Oh yeah. I tried that, you know, it didn't work or this broke or whatever. But now as soon as something breaks, it's all over Twitter and then it spreads to Facebook and pretty soon it's everywhere before. I mean, the way the firestorm happens is really 
kind of scary to watch if, if you're trying to release a product, for sure. Well, even in the conversation with my former Ella Queen yesterday, who, you know, bought oh, Ella Club from me twice, and, you know, her talking about this customer marketing function, you know, I said to her, what investments has the company made in customer success? Mm -hmm. And that's a new area. Uh, in fact, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm moderating a panel. I get to actually ask the questions. <laughs> um, at a conference in San Francisco, it's May 12th, 13th, 2015. And mm -hmm. It's a conference that's being hosted by Gainsight. Mm -hmm. Gainsight is one of a few players in this emerging customer success space. And you know, this is a new category, just like I got to build a new category with marketing automation. And not mm -hmm. only, not only, you know, in marketing automation, I was always looking for the marketing operations person. Well, there wasn't one in a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. So similar to this social selling thing, I'm looking for the social selling person. There's definitely not one of those people. Right. Uh, so, so next best is sales enablement. A lot of companies haven't even gotten that memo. <laughs> so like where the, you know, they're just not ready. I got to go. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Start at the ground up. Yeah. Prospecting um, from the ground up. From the ground up, building a category. <laughs> so anyways, this, this conference, there's going to be over 2,000 people at mm -hmm. this conference learning about customer success. And my point to you know, my, my former Ella Queen, um, who now uses Marketo at her current company, <laughs> I think she was afraid to tell me, um, I said, look, you really you can't go marketing to your existing customers if you're not doing what you need to do to onboard them, to develop them, to coach them, mm -hmm. to educate them, to train them. And so if you're not, if you don't have those investments, do that first before trying to go extract more out of your existing customers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd love to, uh, I could go on about this all day. Um, but I, I think, why don't you tell us where you are speaking so that people can hear a little bit more about selling, social selling, where you're going to be, and um, how they can find out more about you. Sure. So there's a, I've put out a ton of content already in terms mm -hmm. of hangouts like these. Um, I've done webinars with um business to community. I've done webinars with eCornell. I've done webinars with uh, salesforce.com. So there's a lot of content that's just out there already either on the web or even attached to my LinkedIn portfolio, not just mm -hmm. a profile, my portfolio, my digital reputation, not my online resume. Um, so there's a ton of content already out there. Um, speaking at, um, at, at, a lot of the speaking events I do are closed because mm -hmm. a company's hired me to come fire up their sales team, um, right. to speak to their marketing organization. Um, 
I'm actually having a lot of fun. I've been speaking at a lot of women's conferences lately. In fact, earlier this week, I was in Chicago and uh, CBRE, one of the largest commercial real estate companies, I think actually the largest real estate, commercial real estate company in the world, they have this annual conference for their top women producers, um, performers, not even just producers, not just sales. And so I was one of the, the keynotes at that conference mm -hmm. talking all about um, your personal brand, mm -hmm. and your online brand, and how to leverage social. Um, so a lot of the events I speak at, I'm paid to speak and they're closed. But from a conference's perspective, the fall, I'll be very active. I'll be at HubSpot's inbound event. I'll be speaking again at Dreamforce. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a number of events that I'll be live speaking where those events are open to paid attendees. Yeah, and pretty big conferences as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fun. Very fun. And where can they find you on social media and your blog? Do you have a blog? Oh my God. So I don't. Um, I do blogging Joe Rowley style, which is um, infrequently. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a method to that madness. Uh, so I publish content on my LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I use LinkedIn. I always say fish with a fish are swimming. So the fish are swimming on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I publish on LinkedIn. Um, I guest blog on HubSpot's blog, mm -hmm. on Salesforce.com's blog. And um, I'm really active on Twitter. So at Jill underscore Rowley. And I use Twitter not just to market, but to engage. <laughs> you cracked me up. <laughs> Well, it's always wonderful to chat with you, Jill, and I, I really appreciate you doing the Hangout. Um, people who are listening, this will also go out as a podcast on Spreaker probably tomorrow, and uh, I hope that if you listen to podcasts all the time in your car like I do, that you will subscribe and, and listen to this as well. Thanks very much. Janet, have a great weekend. Thanks so much. It's <laughs> you great too. Hanging out with you. <laughs>